0: Good evening, Rock Hard Caucus Patreon subscribers. Welcome back to Dobrain Book Club. This is a podcast series where we read, review, and analyze the works of Joseph Dobrian, an Iowa City resident. (laughs) 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 It's the most neutral term I could come up with. Yeah,
1: that is perfectly neutral. Excellent
0: work. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And now we are reading a book of essays that Joseph released in 2012 called Seldom Write But Never in Doubt. And these are essays that he, it spans a a pretty long period of time. I believe he wrote some of these as early as 1997 and some of them as late as 2012 when the book was published. Uh, I'm here with Stella. It's just us again. (laughs) (laughs) People are scared of this book, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rightfully so. No one yeah. wants to join his spirit bread club. And, you know, I think that Justin has gotten a lot of sass because he seems especially interested in exploring this sick, twisted brain. Um, but <laughs> Brain I'm... of
0: dough. A sick, twisted, <laughs> like a garlic breadstick. Like a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you know what? I have to admit, I'm all in.
0: It's intriguing, I want, right?
1: Yeah. I want to board this train, baby. Let's
0: <laughs> the go. The dough brain train. The dough train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so interesting. I'm glad you, that you reminded me of the date range that these were written and published. Because mm-hmm. um, as I was reading through them to prepare for today, I was like, dang. These have not aged well. Mm-hmm. And even for the time they were written, they were not very good. <laughs> I guess yeah. I would have, some of the opinions he has are so, not old fashioned, but like reflective of a weird, like maybe different cultural moments or like when things were really important. Like I think people cared more about fake fur versus yeah, if you were a lot wearing fur in this yeah, section yeah so there's a lot of those interesting cultural touchstones that he references that even for like the late 90s maybe maybe they were more prevalent then but suffice to say his opinions weren't good whenever he wrote the essays and they've only gotten less
0: yeah he's worse now than when valid. he wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> he's,
1: he's <way> worse. <laughs> that these were the essays he saw fit to publish in 2012 like yeah that was like what ten years ago. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so last time Stella and I talked about um, this introductory essay, and that's that was you know interesting enough. But now we're getting into like the real content of the book. He has these separated out into different sections, and the first section is politeness and political correctness. So those are the subjects of today's essays. We're talking about. PC culture. So you know that's, that's going to be fun. Anyone who's interested in <laughs> writing about political correctness probably has really interesting <laughs> and like unique opinions you've never heard before, right? <laughs> 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 uh, the first essay in this section, I wrote like a little one-sentence uh, summary of each one to sort of frame the discussion. So mm. the first essay is called Idol Worshipping, and about this i said an essay about which kinds of people we should look to as role models
1: that's a great description
0: yeah is he saying we should look we should set our sights lower i think is is kind of the <laughs> takeaway like you don't want to idolize people who are worthy of idolization because <laughs> that's too too no. high of a target
1: <laughs> no um it's something that um, we talked about a little bit during the first episode and why I think, you know, I'm increasingly finding Dobry in such a fascinating figure is how, like, the opportunity to peel back a few onion layers and understand how his brain works and how he came to be the way he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this, in this first essay, when he talks about who he admires and the folks in our in our culture that he he doesn't necessarily say that you should admire them but a lot of his writing includes observations about how he thinks other people think of things and yeah. that I think is really revealing as <laughs>
0: well like he... that's the most <laughs> revealing yeah <laughs> what the what the doe brain thinks of a regular brain
2: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: So, my brother had to do, he took part in this like project um, when he was in graduate school, where basically they were scanning brains, I think with either like an MRI machine or maybe a CT scanner. Um, And they were looking for changes in the brain that would signify like trauma, like trauma markers in the brain. But if Mm -hmm. brains looked like normal, he had to like label the brain as unremarkable brain
0: (laughs) well yeah that's (laughs) one like that's not what's going on here this is a very remarkable brain i think
1: this is an extremely remarkable (laughs) brain yeah it reminds me of like when homer in the simpsons goes to um like a mental institution and they stamp insane on his (laughs) hand and then he's like trying to scrub it off like i'm sane now
0: (laughs) yeah so uh This is kind of like this sentence here uh, sort of exemplifies what I was saying. It would be preposterous for me to admire a successful writer whose work I don't respect or a talented writer who can't or won't get published, which I think is, I I don't know, kind of backwards. Like I, I respect people who work hard and like write something interesting, but they're like struggling to find sort of like mainstream financial success or whatever like he he, he wants yeah, to look up I to people that's... who make get book deals that's more interesting <laughs> to him i guess
1: yeah and that's something he's talked about too specifically around writing that the fact that like he's getting paid to be a professional writer and have clients yeah. and that sort of thing he sees that as like a definite career path but yeah to your point justin that is really interesting there's so many examples of artists who were completely commercially and success unsuccessful during their time or who their art like their art wasn't understood or whatever and it's only after their death that their influence is like and their work is really appreciated so yeah hot take from
2: dobrian
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean most of the like when i was going to school for music most of the the figures that i ended up like really connecting with and like having the most respect for ended up the people who died like completely broke (laughs) like uh you know like like scott joplin for instance like the king of Mm ragtime he had like nothing when he died and now you hear his songs when the ice cream truck drives by like what could be a greater mark (laughs) of success yeah (laughs) absolutely
1: (laughs) he made it
0: so joe lists uh four authors that or writers, he calls them, whose work he admires the most. Uh, he lists H. L. Mencken, George Orwell, A. J. Liebling, and Mark Twain are the four that he lists.
1: Had you ever were you familiar with all four of these writers?
0: I mean, obviously, I know Orwell and Mark Twain pretty well. Mostly, I've just like heard of H. L. Mencken and A. J. Liebling. Like, I don't really know their work at all. I'll, but yeah, I do have a I quote from know- H. L. Mencken that you will probably find interesting. <laughs> 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 what did you so know? So I've only,
1: them? yeah, I've only ever read Orwell and Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. And Dobrian's argument here is basically he talks about how, when it comes to writers specifically, because he considers himself a writer, his criteria for who he looks up to is very different than someone like who he's able to appreciate as a, um idol. Yeah. Because, he is not a boxer so he talks about like muhammad ali and how he's able to like love muhammad ali because
0: it's not like a one-to-one like muhammad ali is the best at what he does but it's not what you are doing so it's like you won't feel that sort of same jealousy i guess which is an impediment to joe Uh, notice that he did not list Dorothy Parker among his most admired writers. I
1: thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, he's willing to pretend to be her. You he so evocatively summed it up. He wore her skin suit and <laughs> <laughs> pretended to be her in his foreword. But, yeah, all of his his hero writers are all dead white guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, instead of the dead white lady. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, H.L. Mencken, like I-, I was aware of him because he has he had some sort of like notorious uh, beliefs that he expressed. <laughs> For example, yeah, uh, this this is the quote that I pulled out that I found to be the most, um, I guess, objectionable. So this is H. <laughs> this is H- the words of H.L. Mencken, not me. All right. I admit freely enough that by careful breeding, supervision of environment, and education extending over many generations, it might be possible to make an appreciable improvement in the stock of the American Negro, for example— but I must maintain that this enterprise would be a ridiculous waste of energy for there is a high caste white stock ready at hand. And it is inconceivable that the Negro stock, however carefully it might be nurtured, could ever even remotely approach it. The educated Negro of today is a failure, not because he meets insuperable difficulties in life, but because he is a Negro. He is in brief, a low caste man to the manner born and he will remain inert and inefficient until 50 generations of him have lived in civilization and even then the superior white race will be 50 generations ahead of him so this is like not even subtle racism it's just like explicitly very racist
1: yeah blatant (laughs) white supremacy yeah Yeah. absolutely disgusting there's oh my god while i was reading all of these essays i was thinking about. Oh, you know, maybe what what am I going to say about this? How what kind of conversation are we going to have? I just feel like I'm completely shocked <laughs> by some of Dobrian's opinions and the people that he references is looking up to. Like, they I find them so repulsive that I just can't even like process it. I, like, I have nothing intelligent like to say. Like that speaks for itself. And mm-hmm. so, as I kind of said, like I didn't know anything about this guy. Dobrian basically says that he was a Nazi. Right. That H.L. Yeah, Mencken was where, a Nazi.
0: Yeah, he's like listing like the faults of each of these men that he admires. And uh he says H. L. Mencken was more than slightly pro-Nazi. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess you admit it, and you still <laughs> <laughs> like include him as one of the most admirable writers ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah oh my god and he certainly isn't going to nitpick uh H.L. Mencken's use of the word negro which is Dobrian's right. preferred use
0: that term later, yeah.
1: for black people <laughs>
2: yeah yeah
1: that's like I think that's the most offensive one of the most offensive essays that in this that we've it's, read so far
0: it's yet. pretty bad yeah <laughs> uh and while we're on that subject when he's listing each of these uh like the faults of the men that he looks up to, what he says about Mark Twain is that mm-hmm. Mark Twain fought on both sides in the late unpleasantness, which is like a weird euphemism for the Civil War. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't really know all the details of Mark Twain's Civil War activities, but like just some brief research showed me that he enlisted as a Confederate soldier for like two weeks and then as soon as it became clear like this is like a real war he just like bailed (laughs) Which, (laughs) i mean it's it's bad that he was a confederate soldier but like i I think it's like a point in his favor that he like when confronted with the reality like abandoned the the confederate army i don't
1: have much respect for anyone who um honestly is from missouri but right right um, especially those that joined the Confederate Army, <laughs> but I might have a little bit of respect for someone who bails on yeah. the Confederate Army. Like, yeah, a, a deserter well, is you, like you obviously,
0: a yeah, a step above like someone Smart. who fights to the end of the Civil War on the Confederate yeah. side. <laughs> That's oh, a lot God. worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, A little earlier, this was something I wanted to point out. So he's talking about, like, these are great, great role models. Like, they're too high. I can't achieve what they've achieved. He says, If I had a dollar for every time I've said to myself, Stop wasting your time, Dobrian. You're never going to be that good. I could afford to have these very essays published in book form at my own expense, <laughs> then buy copies myself by the thousands so as to turn the book into a bestseller. And I think he, in real life, did all of that except for the bestseller part. <laughs> like, this is a self-published <laughs> book. And he did buy copies himself because, like, they're in the libraries here <laughs> that he he donated them.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: I do find his description of Muhammad Ali really interesting. He says... If ever I had a personal hero, it was a man with a tested IQ of 76 who could barely read and write, who composed dreadful verse, professed hatred for my race, and made his living by hitting people. (laughs) I find it utterly impossible to explain to my own satisfaction why I I have always worshipped Muhammad Ali, but I always have and always will. He was and is a god in the style of the Greek gods with flaws and limitations. I just thought that was really interesting that his personal hero is a black man who he appreciates for, like, his brute strength and, like, his physicality. (laughs) Yeah. um, Whereas his, like, intellectual heroes are these four white guys, including one Nazi and one Confederate soldier. (laughs) Right. right.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean... Say what you will about Mark Twain, but he did write the N-word quite a bit. <laughs> Famously. Yeah, I mean, you could say you could say it's maybe justified a little bit within the context of his stories, but I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, close listeners to our show from the beginning may remember an article that Joe wrote about the boxer Joe Lewis. So he's very much like, Uh, he pays attention to boxers of history. And I think he was pretty Mm -hmm. critical of Muhammad Ali in that article, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Mostly because of uh, what he describes here as Muhammad Ali's professed hatred for my race, which, I mean, to whatever extent that's true, it's kind Mm -hmm. of justified, (laughs) given, like, Muhammad Ali's uh, experiences with white people.
1: Yes, yeah. Or, um, I mean, read anything that Dobrian's hero, H.L. Mencken, wrote. Like,
2: <laughs>
1: um, So don't worry, dear listeners. Yes, Dobrian also has kind words for Adolf Hitler in this essay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: He says, to some extent, truly dreadful people, or even essentially worthless ones, can serve as positive role models. So I think that little caveat that these people are bad, they're worthless, lets him say some extremely th- foul things this and next part. <laughs> which of these <laughs> which which of these following people are not like the other I will just say
0: A- yeah.
1: Adolf Hitler for instance was one of the finest public speakers of the 20th century
0: uh. I mean you
1: got to give it up for Hitler
0: <laughs> Yeah I just oh my so God. I I highlight in the PDF like stuff that I want to read and I cut, yeah. I cut this part off here. Let me say it. To some extent, truly dreadful people or even essentially worthless ones can serve as positive role models. Adolf Hitler, for instance. And then you just <laughs> cut it off there and it's <laughs> even better without the rest <laughs> oh of the sentence.
1: <laughs> say w- say what you will about Hitler, but he gave a good speech. No one ever said he gave a bad speech.
0: Uh, Makes th- you <laughs> Yeah, that's always like the the dumb <laughs> smart guy thing to say about Hitler. Like, I mean, <laughs> how, why? How else would he have had all of Germany in his thrall if he wasn't such a hypnotic speaker? Yeah. Like, that's not what happened. <laughs> it's not no. that he had like magical powers of oratory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, after. Dobrian says that Adolf Hitler was one of the best public speakers of the last century. He follows with, any order would benefit from studying his techniques. (laughs) What the fuck?
0: Yeah. How much time have you spent studying the techniques of Adolf Hitler, (laughs) Joe?
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm just reading. I'm just listening to his speeches for the techniques. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Techniques such as shouting and like pounding your fists. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of yeah. studious observation to pick that up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to learn his skills. Also, am I an anti-Semite? Yes, but unrelated.
0: <laughs> Not as much of an anti-Semite as Adolf Hitler. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dobrian continues, King Edward VIII of England, later the Duke of Windsor, was one of the shallowest, stupidest, most (laughs) selfish men ever to blight a royal throne, but he sure knew how to dress.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Joe has a weird uh, sort of focus on like men's fashion also that pops up from time to time.
1: Yes. I wonder what he, why Dobrian considers king edward the eighth so shallow and stupid and selfish he abdicated the throne to marry wallace simpson american Mm. divorcee nazi (laughs) sympathizer as as probably edward the eighth was as well so it like does dobrian just like not appreciate like that dereliction of duty does he (laughs) um, hate divorced women like i that's interesting to me like how reviled he considers king edward the yeah
0: eighth. I oh mean, i was, especially I was thinking of uh, Hitler. I was thinking of Henry the eighth i don't <laughs> I don't know my British history very well, <laughs> yeah, um, you know Henry the eighth, the guy like who like killed okay. all his wives, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he looked great while doing it, baby,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the most important um, one and though, so is then the, finally, the last sentence, yeah, last yeah, part of so that paragraph
1: of, this is the paragraph the people who are. Worthless, but do have some <laughs> positive traits that someone may choose to emulate. So number one, Hitler. Number two, King Edward VIII. Number three, Madonna, who <laughs> some people consider a talentless, pretentious, grotesque, must at least be admired for uh, her drive and her tireless self-promotion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, who some people consider like... <laughs> Is it just just a weaselly way for him to say he doesn't like Madonna? <laughs> oh, I have to he does imagine not so. like Madonna. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But hard worker. She's a hard worker.
0: <laughs> yeah, like she she has an agent. She knows how to do publicity. That's what's that's what's there to admire in her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do think maybe there's this boomer idea of like Madonna would do anything to Achieve her level of fame because, yeah, like she was sexually promiscuous, and she yeah, they, thought like she didn't, she wasn't ashamed about it.
0: Yeah, they criticize her for like that erotic uh coffee table book she did, and like yeah, that time, the time she kissed uh, Britney Spears on TV. Right? Was that no? It was Christina mm-hmm. Aguilera. Maybe <laughs> it was. I don't know. She, she was the
1: other. She kissed them both that night. Really? She kissed Britney first. And then she immediately kissed Christina Aguilera. No one remembers the Christina Aguilera kiss. Everyone
0: except me, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the one that really stuck in your mind, huh? <laughs> Let me just fact check myself on that. Um, I've said a lot of untrue things on the podcast, but I think I might I'm right about this one. Yeah.
0: I remember a lot of people like our parents' ages when that happened being like, Oh, she just would she loves attention. That's why she's kissing other women on television.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see those photos? Madonna recently posted I mean, she's extremely problematic. She's posted some weird, <laughs> like racist stuff about yeah, her yeah, there's own some weird
0: racial stuff. Adopted yeah.
1: children. Mm-hmm. She also posted these photos of herself like basically with her like ass and pussy out like <laughs> like on a bed. She looks great for 63, but you can yeah. tell that she's definitely had her entire skin suit tightened to like the point where her <laughs> features are like almost unrecognizable. It works for her though.
0: I mean, like, yeah, like that's she's done it for a long time, too. Like I remember uh when she did yeah. like a james she did a James Bond song or something, and even back then people were like, "Wow, she's pretty old to be looking like that.
1: <laughs> she was forty five <laughs> she's yeah,
0: she's kind of mastered the techniques of looking like she's in her twenties until she dies <laughs>
1: <laughs> um adrenochrome, right
0: well oh, that's gotta be part of it at least, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, did you find the fact check on the, the kissing?
1: Yeah, I was right, as usual, about yeah. um, all things. <laughs> about who kissed who? Completely useless celebrity <laughs> culture. <laughs> who is K-I-S-S-I-N-G? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one more little thing in this essay I wanted to ask you about. Uh, we are both married people. Not to each other. We have...
1: Not to each other. Yeah.
0: We have spouses, though. (laughs) We're both married. Yes. Um, So he's talking about, like, uh, role models and, like, how they can alter your behavior sometimes Mm. in, in negative ways. And he says, how many happily married couples must unwittingly encourage each other's worst faults by giving each other constant, unquestioning approval? Now I, I only know my own marriage like super up close and personal. Mm-hmm. So personally, this would not like this isn't really how we operate. We don't constantly give each other unquestioning approval. Uh what about for you, <laughs> Stella? <laughs>
1: um no, but I would like to say on record that I think the best marriages The most happily married couples intentionally encourage each other's worst faults (laughs) um, (laughs) by giving each other constant unquestioning approval. Yeah, that is really, yeah, no, I I don't, I mean, Dobrian's never been been married. I'm sure he's thinking of a few couples in particular.
0: Yeah, he's just like resentful Um, of some of his married friends is how this reads to me. Because he is a, a chronically yeah. single man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't think of. You know, maybe when this example doesn't resonate with you, like if you don't know any couples that you think are unwittingly encouraging each other's like worst characteristics um, through their constant support and unquestioning <laughs> and approval, I think that make that means you're that couple. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, no. So. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just funny to to read that from him, like with zero experience with marriage. Like he really, it, it happens repeatedly in this section, but he really likes to talk about stuff that's none of his business. <laughs> he, he's not an authority. Yeah.
1: All. I think he's such an insecure person that he, like, he sees people who are confident, perhaps, in themselves because they are part of a loving, supportive partnership, and he detests them and says, like, he thinks that their worst characteristics are then reinforced.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, I think we've run just about, just about as much juice as we can out of the that lemon of an essay, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would have already cut us off, but I was just waiting for Alan to get in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a perfect example of um, the title of this next piece is Manners Change, Assholery Remains. Oh,
0: God, assholery. It's so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like jewelry made of assholes. <laughs>
0: Well, let yeah. We can just yeah. start talking about this essay, and we'll, well see if he jumps in, in the middle. Well, you made it sound
1: like he's gonna jump in, but he said, "Is it too late?" I forgot, and you said, "No, it's not too late." And I am noticing he did not say, "Okay, be right there." I think he's like, <laughs> "I don't
2: want to do this."
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Well, we'll see if he joins. But all right. So manners change. Okay. Assholery remains. This is, I mean, this is stuff that you've probably heard a lot if you've ever encountered libertarians on the internet. I describe this as an essay about arguments and logical fallacies. Ugh, we've all heard this yeah. song and dance before.
1: This one is so boring. I was so bored reading this.
0: <laughs> well, the, the sort of like logical debate bullshit is boring, but there is some personal anecdotes that are very fun. For example, I was a rather fat kid and I am still hoping that every adult who good naturedly <laughs> poked me in the belly ended up dying of some sort of slow acting poison that caused them to literally rot to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no one could accuse Doebrain of not knowing how to turn a phrase. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, when it comes to like uh, wishing violence upon people. He he draws from that no, well, nobody frequently. does it
1: better. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So, honestly, yeah, I hope that life. for you too, Dobrian.
0: He's lived his whole life resenting these people who like called him a fat kid.
1: Yeah, and like, did the poppin' fresh like <laughs> belly poke to yeah, him? That's
0: Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's not acceptable. But I, I mean, no, at some point, cool. y- you gotta sort of like put that stuff in the past, like. Our, our childhood's yeah. fuck us up forever, is for you. but yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and he actually like there's even more about his like like people commenting on his uh dietary habits, like he says here, so he's talking about how um like manners have changed over time, like for example, uh adults don't call kids fat as often as when he was a kid, but adults yeah. will like get in each other's business about food and like uh, their healthy behavior and stuff like that. So he says here, today Mm -hmm. you can hardly eat anything in public without some busybody pointing out to you that you shouldn't be eating it. Just the other day, I was sitting at the bar of a local bistro tucking into a nearly raw hamburger and the person sitting next to me thought it appropriate to ask me, aren't you worried about the bacteria? Uh... Th- this I don't think is a universal experience. <laughs> like this doesn't happen to me.
1: <laughs> um it's just so interesting to me that he gets so bent out of shape by someone like obviously overstepping his boundaries. Yeah. And judging him for, you know, something innocuous like the rarity of his beef. But in so many subsequent essays, like I'm thinking about the one where he talks about how gay people are too flamboyant. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like, well, dude, maybe, maybe you should just like keep to yourself. You don't get an opinion. Exactly. And yeah.
0: <laughs> mind your fucking business.
1: <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. You don't like that lady talking about your beef, then like maybe don't publish an essay about how. Gay people who are too flamboyant are a discredit to the LGBT <laughs> yeah, movement. To, and to
0: their, uh, only the, yeah.
1: the normal gay people, yeah, yeah, should be allowed to exist. He literally
0: uses the word normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get to oh, that yeah. essay. Oh, we'll later. get there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let Alan in on this.
1: Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Hey, Alan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you oh, are you're still muted on mute. right now. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hi, Alan. Hey,
3: everybody. Sorry. It's a real dough brain evening. My, my own dope brain.
0: <laughs> Alan's here, everyone. So, uh, the rest of the episode will be joined by our friend Alan.
3: First time, long time. <laughs> Every time.
1: <laughs> Did you have a chance to read the essays, Alan?
3: Oh, absolutely not. I, I just <laughs> am familiar with the, the dope brain. Uh, I refuse to do any homework. Yeah. Uh, let alone just in general, let alone for uh podcasts. Um so anyway, that's yeah. that's more that's less about me. What about uh, Dobre in here?
0: Yeah, so we are in the <laughs> middle of discussing an essay of his called Manners Change, Assholery Remains. And this is mostly okay. about uh logical fallacies.
3: I'm girding my loins. <laughs>
0: So, it's, it's it's also sort of about how, like, uh, acceptable behavior, uh, socially acceptable behavior changes over time, but people still find ways to be rude to each other, essentially. Cancel
3: culture.
0: <laughs> well, it's a little early for that, because, like, he probably wrote this in, like, the late 2000s or something, but.
3: Yeah, but, like, it's always been around. It's anyway, the same I continue. Idea. I haven't it's, even heard yeah. what he's talking
0: yeah it's, yeah, it's the same idea. And the, the this whole section is titled Politeness and Political mm-hmm. Correctness, which was, you know, the cancel mm-hmm. culture of its day. The precursor. PC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Dobrian basically says that the reason that people are monstrous is because of a subconscious sadistic urge to give discomfort to someone who is powerless to retaliate. <laughs> and,
3: yeah. and that's just like a sicko thing that they
1: do.
0: <laughs> this is universal human behavior. Yeah. That- <laughs> we all have this.
1: <laughs> when someone cannot fight back, that is when I feel I must do something awful to them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He describes this uh interaction that happened at work where like a coworker was wearing fur and another coworker. Uh, was criticizing her for wearing fur, but that person was wearing leather shoes, and Joe pointed it out. And the leather shoe guy, uh, he said that he started going hummina, 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 because he was so (laughs) flustered.
3: (laughs) Where Where does he work? Like old timey factory?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like, he works in a cartoon office. (laughs) You say Acme. And Joe said that the feeling he got from, like, owning this guy was identical to the one you feel when you physically punch the crap out of someone who richly deserves it.
3: I mean, is that an experience that we all have?
0: I'm wondering <laughs> if it's an experience that Joe has ever had. I do it's an
1: experience that
3: Dovrian had, <laughs> yeah, had. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah,
2: I feel
3: like he needs
1: that, but...
0: He thinks about it all the time, but I don't know.
1: (laughs) Later in his essay about how he's a homophobe, he talks about how going to the gym and like taking out your rage on a, like, what are those big bags called that you punch?
0: Uh,
2: Punchy punchy (laughs) (laughs) bag? Yeah. I thought that story
3: was going a different direction about uh, but
1: <laughs> yeah no he says like going to the gym and punching a punching bag is like the most manly thing you can do and it's like the most acceptable behavior to express your rage so dude loves to punch i think we mm. can
2: i've
3: yeah. never been much fun for punching uh justin how about you what's yeah. your have you punched and felt better or
0: i'm not much of a puncher either um one time, this guy told me that I would be a good boxer when I was, like, 18. And I thought, no, I wouldn't. And I never tried. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no,
3: cool. <laughs> well, you see, he, I, I assume he would disqualify you because you're a lady. So you would, you would yeah. not he have the same... That.
1: He specifically said... That's so interesting that you bring that up, Alan, because <laughs> he talks about... Not, not that I don't
3: think that you wouldn't enjoy beating the shit out of something.
1: i don't think i would i am not a
3: person but if it was someone who deserved it
1: (laughs) i don't know i'm i'm not a very like honestly i am one of those you know fight flight fight flight or freeze i'm a freezer (laughs) and like if someone raises their voice to me i just like shut down i'm not a puncher
3: i i understand that but i'm just saying like you could be
1: Okay. <laughs> like
3: in, in Dobrien's world of, of see now, he would discount you, but I'm saying yeah. that in yeah. his theoretical world where this is true, yeah, that, that you would get something from it too, unlike him. Yeah. I am slightly less of a shithead.
1: You know what? I think I might so honestly, I think I might agree now with Dobrian's thesis that if you are able to fuck with someone and they can't fuck with you back. That might be a little bit satisfying because he specifically (laughs) says that um, he would never sock a woman on the nose. Yeah. And he says a man uh, would not have such assurance that a sock on the nose would um, not be in play. So could I punch Dobrian and know that he could not punch me back? Well, that might be an interesting.
3: That'd be (laughs) sweet.
0: I don't know if I would count on that. I mean, you've got it in writing, but uh, do you really trust him not to hit a woman?
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 He, he seems like he's a guy who talks a lot about his principles, but doesn't really stick by him. Yeah. yeah. You know, Joseph when pushed him to show, when he gets punched in the face, you know. Yeah. He,
2: the most and, and so dangerous
3: he game. That, that there's satisfaction, that he derives satisfaction from from being able to mess with someone and they can't mess with him back or was, was this a different context?
0: Well, he's saying that I think he says that everyone feels that way basically.
3: Yeah. That it's a <laughs> oh, human. Well, I, I agree because you know, posting,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he writes about posting too, <laughs> actually.
3: Yeah. Cause you can mess with them and they're like, what are you going to do? Post back and get mad. Oh yeah. no.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to point out that he uses the word "obstreperous" in this essay, which means noisy and difficult to control. Which is a word I learned from Todd Blodgett's book. So it's a weird connection between Ooh. these two weird guys that I yeah I was gonna say interested. I feel like
3: that that's a callback.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, let me read this little section here for you. Probably our manners would improve if it were considered socially acceptable to kill anyone who uses you rudely. After all, people who have been in prison, where such is the case, often say that society behind bars is far more genteel than any they've encountered in freedom.
1: I wish we had Evan here because I know that he's watched a lot of episodes about people in prison, oh, like yeah. a lot of shows like yeah. 90 Days In and that kind of thing. <laughs> I wonder if he would confirm that prison is a genteel place.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's much nicer I than feel like not that's being not... in prison. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. People are
1: so polite like a... in jail.
3: I mean from like the recidivism that we have in the United States it doesn't sound like a like a you know a place of growth.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes on to talk about how like uh logical fallacies are actually a lot more effective than like real like logical arguments uh which is correct and in which case you should abandon all of your ideals about like healthy debate. <laughs> <laughs> and this all becomes kind of pointless like he talks debate about how me, what'd you say Alan?
3: I said debate me you coward
0: <laughs> good I'm glad I asked <laughs> uh, he talks about like name calling like somebody called him a crypto fascist and it's like that That was effective because everyone listening agreed that he was a fascist even if he doesn't think he was <laughs> <laughs>
3: And he was offended by that. I mean, what does, does, does he talk about what he considers himself? Um,
0: I mean, he doesn't really use the word, I don't think, in this essay, but like he's a libertarian, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in
2: the,
1: a f- in the last <laughs> essay we read, he expressed admiration for both um, Nazi H.L. Mencken and also
2: Adolf um, Nazi
1: Adolf Hitler.
3: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean I don't understand why you would write that down to be honest.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't need to write that. No. Um here's here's a, a classic. Um he's talking about the tactic of uh associating one person or organization with another far less socially acceptable person or organization in order to discount uh that person's argument. A correspondent of mine tried this tactic in writing the other day referring to the Republican party so with Republican with a KKK in it uh implying that anyone who belongs to that party and in parentheses and I guess that includes Abraham Lincoln is also a member of the Ku Klux Klan or reliably <laughs> sympathetic to it. <laughs> so that the classic uh the party of Lincoln
3: well also getting getting upset about you know people like writing that shit it's like the like a a very childish thing to do um you know to to america with kkk like okay it's guys we get it yeah Uh, but you know it's like a fashionable (laughs) online edgy thing right you know like that's that's a thing that people do yeah and uh to get mad about it is telling Oh,
1: yeah. I bet you think that Abraham Lincoln was in the gay gay gay.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs>
0: Abraham Link- Lincoln, Lincoln.
2: <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, you know, republicans are all racist.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what? He does use oh he doesn't use the word libertarian, but this is about him being a libertarian. Uh this is a a little bit longer, but it's something about his real life, which is a lot more interesting than his thoughts on uh, logical fallacies. He's talking about um, like thinking of a, a good comeback like after it's no longer effective or relevant. So, uh, one of the most memorable of those occurrences for me took place in 2009 while I was out campaigning for mayor of New York City. Personal aside, this he ran as a crazy. libertarian.
3: He he was talking about thinking of comebacks after the fact and then wrote them down and where were these written down
1: <laughs> in the very essays
3: we're reading today <laughs> Yeah. okay <laughs> sorry i i just can't imagine writing that shit down
0: right uh, <laughs> yeah. you should feel shame here's one
3: time i got owned and here's what i really <laughs> would have said if I it's
0: exactly it's exactly like that Uh, I was handing out leaflets and buttons in Union Square Park and was getting friendly responses from most people. At one point, I approached two young people who were sitting on the steps at the south end of the park where lots of people congregate. The young woman was hanging on the man very affectionately, and I didn't get a good look at her except to register that she was very attractive.
4: And he's,
1: he's said in the past that he goes every time he sees a woman he goes through the process of would i or would i not so yeah. Seven, we know <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was in the context of a fictional narrative but we know for sure that that's like how he actually thinks uh the man was apparently 20 or not much more and he looked like what politically incorrect New Yorkers call a shfugarican. Okay, I'm assuming neither of you have heard that word. Shfugarican. It's spelled S-H-V-U-G-A-R-I-C-A-N. He says it's an Hispanic of color, but I wanted to Google it because I'd never seen that word before. I Googled the word... Yeah, I Googled shfugarican, and it brought up one single result. This has not <laughs> happened very often when you Google a word. <laughs> this is a new spark. Yeah. Well, actually the one result though was an issue of national lampoon from October 1975. Uh, the issue was titled, <laughs> the issue was titled big tit contest. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, this word shvuge- "shvugerican" is a word for a half Black, half Puerto Rican person. Uh, and I'm sure it's mm, like cool. I'm saying a racial slur when I say it, so I'm not gonna say it anymore.
3: <laughs> so, so that sentence was basically like, "I'm doing boobs, asses, faces," and uh, here's here's this person of color.
0: <laughs> Essentially, yes.
1: <laughs> it, it you can see like in your mind's eye, ni- What was the year? 1974.
0: 75 was the National Lampoon.
1: Oh, 75. Joseph Dobrian goes to, he sees it, he loves it, he's attracted to it, he inhales it. It becomes so lodged in his brain that he uses this slur that has appeared once in print (laughs) in the history of the English language in his own writing. And you know, he thinks about it all the time.
0: He came for the big tick contest and he stayed for the racism.
1: (laughs) The racial slurs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He was the slurs. I'm I'm
3: surprised. (laughs) I'm
0: impressed. Uh, A tall, remarkably handsome man, well-groomed in impeccable and quite tasteful business casual attire, brown suit, beige shirt, tan hat, no tie. Like I said, very interested in men's fashion. I made eye contact with him, as I always do when I'm fixing to introduce myself to someone and offer a flyer. But before I could get a word out of my mouth, this guy gave me that hateful gangsta fisheye and the finger. <laughs> I just smiled a little and said, you're a nice fellow, aren't you? Before moving on. And five seconds later, it occurred to me that I should have added graciously, I'm sure your mother is proud of you. He could have taken that in any number of ways. Okay, so first of all, see I didn't that's not number? like that's not like okay. a good burn. <laughs> like I no. thought of this later. it would have been so perfect.
3: <laughs> God is ass.
1: <laughs> I am really struggling to understand what he means, so I'm sure your mother is proud of you. He could have taken that in any number of ways. Like what are the ways though?
0: Yeah, but
3: that he's like a really good two shoes, and he just got this guy's ass, and this is the (laughs) response that he came up with, and be like, "Good one, guy."
0: Yeah, I can think of continue
3: to make fun of him.
0: Yeah, I can think of either like two different readings, like either making him feel shame because his mother wouldn't have been proud of that, or insulting his mother who would be proud of his poor behavior. (laughs) Those are two. Two ways of the any number of ways that he says it could be taken. Yeah.
1: I kind of like Alan's read where the guy is like, damn, he got me. I should <laughs> volunteer for this man's campaign. Yeah, and yeah. he should be the mayor of New York.
0: <laughs> if he had said that, he would be the mayor of New York to this day. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> the audio, no.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> dobrainio <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that this guy clocked dobrain and immediately it was like flipped him fuck off and was like yeah get the fuck away from like, me I do not want to buy what you're selling <laughs> like
0: on site nope get the hell out of here <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i'm sorry that alan's Uh, gonna miss this but uh this uh, this story actually gets more racist uh several questions occurred to me (laughs) first why the behavior what did he get out of it behaving aggressively and insultingly to someone he'd only laid eyes on a few seconds before and never spoken to i was genuinely puzzled second why is that behavior apparently restricted to a certain demographic That wasn't the first time I've met a young man who act like that in New York City, and I report it as a matter of fact, not of prejudice, that these people have invariably been Hispanic or apparently so. (laughs) Is it something to do with their culture? Don't their parents teach them better? Again, I ask not rhetorically, but because I don't know uh yeah so every time someone's rude to him
1: here
0: it's a hispanic person <laughs> no one of any other race treats him poorly
3: <laughs> why why would you write down that like why would you put this anywhere why would you why would you do that like i just don't get that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah, most of this is not very remarkable, but he says here, my worst behavior invariably takes place on social networking sites like Facebook and MySpace. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, he says, sometimes I can't resist the temptation to be a flaming asshole.
3: I mean, I have have run into him online before. Me too. In the past. (laughs) And just been dipshit to him and then yeah. he blocked me
0: <laughs> <laughs> he probably wrote an essay about you
3: yeah I won't I you know because if you fight him on his grounds then he gets he that, that that's not how that works no he gets he too gets much upset out of it that
0: he won't. yeah right yeah that, that's I mean that's that sums up this essay is like people won't fight with me the way mm-hmm. I want to fight <laughs> they just like yeah dunk, dunk on me and then all their friends laugh at me it's not fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah he blames this a little bit on TV, <laughs> uh, and he says, "Yeah, this behavior doesn't just happen on midday talk shows like Jerry Springer. It also happens on quasi-official shows like Judge Judy." <laughs> so, do do you consider what? Judge Judy to be a level above Jerry Springer in sophistication? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I might. I might a little bit. I mean, she is a judge.
0: They're
3: the same thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's. I think it's the same thing. They're the same thing. Yeah.
1: She she went to law school. Jerry Springer <laughs> is
3: just a disgraceful politician. <laughs>
2: He's
3: a quasi-judge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, He blames uh, TV being a business and needing to attract viewers for this, like, uh, promotion of bad behavior. So essentially, the free market is to blame. Though he doesn't frame it that way. A couple more things I want to note. When people start out in a a Facebook debate with him being rude just right out the gate, um, he says, you'll be busy wishing you could bury a matic blade in their shit-stuffed head.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's your head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the man I'm, loves uh, loves his violent fantasies. Oh, what uh, blade? Uh, a matic blade, which I believe he spelled wrong. Uh, he says M-A-T-T-I-C-K. What is that? I think what he meant is mattock, M-A-T-T-O-C-K, which is like a pickaxe.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense.
0: And then he ends by saying, like, uh, y- you should just be nice to people... <laughs> And the last sentence is, if you can't be polite, here's a nice cool glass of S-T-F-U. Drinky, (laughs) drinky. Which is like the most embarrassing conclusion to any of these.
3: (laughs) Maybe he should consider taking some
2: himself. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you want to move on to apologizing, Stella?
1: Yes. Which I think we should do to everyone listening for covering this
2: book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Essentially, this is an essay about insincere versus genuine apologies. So he's basically railing Mm -hmm. against the phrase, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Because it's not a real apology.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm sorry, but. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dobrian is... I mean, a very early advocate for um, impact does not equal <laughs> intent.
0: Yeah, this is or such impact an impact
2: versus intent.
0: This is a very ironic essay, given who he is and like how he interacts with the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ha- I have a video clip for this one, which is very exciting but I'll wait till we,
1: Oh, does he tell the anecdote of his, like, if I was his friend, I would be really upset with how he <laughs> portrays me in this essay. He like says, yeah. I'm like, I look like a demon and mm-hmm. I like come to him and tell him something I'm really upset about. And Dobrain goes out of his way to be like, well, if he says what happened really <laughs> happened then this is how it went down. Like, That is, Dobry is not a supportive friend
2: to his uh, ugly friend.
0: (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, I'll use his own words here. So uh, a friend of his came to him like very distraught because uh, somebody hurt his feelings. This is how he talks about the friend. He is in some ways like me. He's a solid, harmless, and obviously respectable citizen, but he is eccentric in his (laughs) manner and like myself is cursed with a somewhat (laughs) demonic appearance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A solid demon, that guy.
0: <laughs> straight up. Yeah. So this is what but happened. But obviously,
1: an upright citizen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, Justin, I I I would like to describe you that way. Oh, that's my friend Justin. He's a straight-up demon. <laughs> he
1: He's sick. a little eccentric. He's a great citizen, and yeah, he yeah. looks like a demon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah this is what happened to the uh, the the demon friend he is a collector of (laughs) netsuke those old japanese ivory carvings that we've all heard of those old japanese ivory carvings yeah (laughs) that's real
3: weirdo stuff
0: (laughs) Uh, he owns some priceless specimens the other day so he told me he was talking with a casual acquaintance Parentheses. Female.
3: Female. (laughs) (laughs) Who is also
0: interested in Netsuke. In the course of the conversation, he said, you're welcome to come over sometime and see my collection. The acquaintance replied, I don't know. You're so scary looking. I'm afraid of what would happen if I set foot in your lair. (laughs) So uh, he's, you know, he's rightfully offended by what this woman thinks of him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, and next time he sees her, she's she sort of like tries to blow it off like I was joking, like what's the problem? And he's like, "No, like this like this was really hurtful." And she says, "All right. If I offended you, I'm sorry." But I
3: don't have a lair. <laughs> I don't have a lair. I live under a bridge. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm a troll. Come on. <laughs> um and this this sort of gets more and more heated as he rejects her false apology. And he says, you can tell me that your conduct was disgraceful and you can beg my pardon or you can fuck off. And uh, <laughs> and then Dobrain <laughs> frames it this way. If she'd been a man, or no, no, this is his friend. His friend says this about the woman that he was uh, in an argument with. If she'd been a man, I'd have been justified in smashing his face in. <laughs> so... At the beginning, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, it's pretty insulting for this woman to talk about this guy like that. But you get kind of a more full picture of who this guy is as the story goes on. <laughs> and like, yeah, what else should she have done? You you, have you
1: t- get the impression, yeah, you get the, the impression too that the guy is taking it so hard because she is a woman. Like she feels unsafe going into his house. like, And that's yeah. what he finds really offensive. He even suggests like... For Pete's sake, bring a boyfriend along. He'd be welcome too. So it's like yeah. there's this weird, like dynamic where she's potentially <laughs> like well, she's scared for her physical safety.
0: Yeah, I think what what happened worry, there was your boyfriend can come too. <laughs> what happened there was he was hitting on her, but then he tries to backtrack and say like, oh, yeah. you know, bring your mm-hmm. partner too. I wasn't hitting on you.
3: <laughs> Nothing yeah. weird.
0: yeah
1: you're ugly anyway bitch (laughs) you don't want to come over and see my ivory carvings
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah
3: yeah i i I did briefly google them um they they do look very interesting personally not a fan of ivory uh, for one (laughs) and for two apparently there are some suggested ones
0: Oh, so he probably has like pornographic you know netsuke, that's, yeah.
1: That's his collection, yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, come over and look at my little well, he, penis you know, there statues. are people
3: that are really Japanese made culture.
1: out of <laughs> elephant tusks.
3: <laughs> yeah, and and nothing wrong with the Japanese culture, but sometimes if you're, you know, there's a particular type of man who's yeah. a grown ass <laughs> man uh, who's really into Japanese culture, and you know i'm I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying I'm just saying. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah unlike Dobry, and you would never put this in writing,
2: yeah <laughs> your assumptions
1: yeah. about different ethnicities <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah
3: my, there's about ethnicities or or people who really like certain types of ethnicities
0: right yeah, like yeah. Well, it's
3: like, more than normal,
0: yeah, it's more about like an American and white lighter, white man that's like into Asian cultures, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and get offended that they would they that a woman would would be joking about their lair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> his his hentai layer. <laughs> right.
3: There's there's a certain image that is being created in my mind, and yep.
0: yeah.
2: I
3: think you know I'm I don't I try not to judge, but <laughs> it's not my
0: style. So Joe goes really hard and like how offensive it is to give these like fake apologies and like, you know, anyone should be offended if they get a fake apology like this as offended as you would be if you offered to feed a neighbor's dog while he was out of town and he told you with a straight face, thanks, but you'd probably just try to have sex with it. (laughs) I mean, what if you're a notorious dog fucker? Then, you know, your your neighbor would be justified in being concerned.
3: That, uh, that's Justin's new rap.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I mean, but what? it's like, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Like, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: usually not, yeah, unprompted, Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah, like the dog fucking just
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first thing that pops into someone's mind usually before he ends the essay he gives us another glimpse into his younger days once when I was in high school I made a joking remark to a fat girl about her weight I immediately felt awful about it and I told her I'm so sorry that was a really lousy rotten thing to say and I hope you'll forgive me I got the impression that she was more taken aback by the apology than she had been insulted by the original jibe. She probably had never heard such an apology before. <laughs> my, <laughs> it was so an all-time
3: apology. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was. It was the first time that he yeah. had ever experienced anyone <laughs> apologizing I mean, she's... for the.
1: she's a fat girl so people were probably not very nice to her at all so this crumb of decency that dobrian was able to throw her when he invented the sincere apology
0: (laughs) yes yes i mean
3: stella you exactly
0: (laughs) i love how he spins his like shitty teenage behavior into like Actually, I'm like, I was like way ahead of the curve in terms of apologizing. So this is actually a good thing that I did. <laughs>
3: I was nice to a fat girl. Now, let me tell you that she was fat.
0: <laughs> Listen, if I hadn't called her a fat bitch, then my apology would not have had nearly the impact on her life that it did. So it's good that exactly. I called her that.
1: <laughs> that is beautiful.
3: <laughs> it's called
0: gross. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you guys want to see a quick video about this essay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes.
0: I think. All right. You can. <laughs> you can see that video there, right?
1: Yep. There's Yale Cone.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is an episode a of, of Yale Cone's uh, PATV show from back in the day. Uh, he had Joe on the show, and th- this was shortly after this book was released. The name of the video, which I think Alan is reading right now, <laughs> is. Um, joseph dobrian on why (laughs) political correctness is the enemy of freedom
3: (laughs) also just yale co (laughs) video anyway continue
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so this is a clip where uh yale brings up the essay about apologizing so i just wanted to you know let us
4: all hear this. One's in the book was about apologizing, and you had mentioned that something that you had done very shamefully was, I believe when you apologize, to someone, if I have offended you, I apologize, which is all sorts of, you know, preamble kind of absolving. Where do you see as a culture, not just with people issuing apologies of that sort, but with the hypersensitivity that so many people seem to have of demanding apologies at all times? Um, Do you think one's born out of the other? I mean, are people offering these? these these non apology apologies because they don't really feel like they should apologize or is that something that that preceded our our present era of you know everyone being so pins and needles easy to offend
5: well now that's an interesting point and I hadn't really considered that I think that one reason that we don't like to apologize is because it would damage our self-esteem to admit that we were wrong on the other hand if we really and truly don't believe we were wrong and if we don't believe that the other person deserves an apology then we fear the consequences of saying you know up yours mate, you don't deserve an apology (laughs) so we come up with this non-apology such as (laughs) (laughs) if I offended you in which case you're basically saying I'm sorry that you were offended not I'm sorry that I offended you crucial difference there well, what Who's do you sobering? think has
4: led, I mean, and this, you, you touch on this a, a great deal with a number of the essays in here, uh, and as clearly in your great novel, Willie Wilden, about, you know, political correctness and, you know, prohibited thoughts, prohibited what words. What a great I mean, what novel. What do you think has led to a current <laughs> state where I'm more than quite certain there could be somebody watching at home right now who says, a wool suit, I can't believe I'm offended that he did that to the poor lamb or whatever it was. No one is watching was,
2: at home right now. <laughs>
3: and... and uh, watching? I'm not offended. I am impressed, though, <laughs> because I have met both of these people. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't met dobran but you know, I've seen him. I've, I've, I've looked at. I've seen him with no filter. <laughs> oh,
0: <man>. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I've, have you guys have any had any real run-ins?
1: Justin has.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You've I...
1: seen him in the wild.
0: We have spoken to each other, so but have he you ever doesn't know me.
3: Same in the breathing the same air. <laughs> Never. Okay. <laughs> You're not missing out. Yeah.
1: He's never rated whether he would or would not fuck me personally. Um, you don't but know some, that. For I sure. look forward to it someday.
3: <laughs> I don't want to. I personally, I this is all, I know way too much about him already.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, I would. I like to know that.
2: Yeah.
0: I. I have. Um. I think I talked about this before. But on the other hand, I. Would... <laughs> Um, I, I did, so we did a, and I hear, I see show at Java house like years ago and he had had a, a book signing or like some sort of event at Prairie lights canceled and he moved over to Java house and like tried to like take over the space instead. And I, I didn't really know much about him at the time and we let him use our PA for a little bit, which is one of the deepest regrets of my life is that I gave that man <laughs> a microphone.
3: <laughs> if you could have really fucked with him on the PA. <laughs> Jesus. You
1: <Yeah. laughs>
0: I mean,
3: missed a full opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I've also been in, like, various concerts in City that he has also attended, but those were unremarkable.
3: He's a man about yeah. Town. That, the context, I believe, me seeing him was in the context of seeing shows and then having him be present and then being like look at that fucking weirdo yeah and then being like oh that's the guy that i was really mean to on, on,
2: i would do it again
0: <laughs> yeah so remarkably the next essay here is uh about him attending a concert at the university of iowa this is called weak bullies and yeah. and it is an essay in which joe fantasizes about yelling at an old lady
1: the weakest of us can bully too, and such people are usually the best at getting away with it.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what's going on with this essay. <laughs> so he writes about how he went to a concert and he sat behind a very old woman, and the situation was such that it would make more sense to stash your belongings under the seat in front of you than, re- than your own seat. So he, right. he put his gear which he specifies included a cape, hat and gloves. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Under this this woman's ha- chair, the woman is described as very old, perhaps 90, shrunken, frail and palsied.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Painting a picture. <laughs> so like, yeah, basically a skeleton was sitting in front of him. <laughs> a quivering
3: skeleton and and he has qualms with this woman
0: well he did not yeah. that first but to my left sat three young ladies 20 or so who i suppose were chinese
1: he immediately walks into a situation and clocks oh. what like racial group he thinks every person <laughs> belongs to Wood,
3: uh <laughs> asian white <laughs>
1: Then he uses that weird slur that he got from National Lampoon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> no, wouldn't on that one, but I feel like I
0: shouldn't say it again. But I, I remember it.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> don't don't repeat it. We don't need it anymore. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I, I wonder why he chose to sat next to the three 20-year-old Chinese ladies, huh? Well, the the old lady sees one of the young Chinese women place her items under the seat in front of her and is like, hey, you should put that under your own seat. So Dobrain is like, look at this old skeleton lady yelling at this Chinese girl. <laughs> but in the moment, he didn't actually say anything to her, uh, who he perceived to be, you know, bullying this, uh, you know, minority woman next to him.
3: White knight in his mind. Yes,
0: only yeah. inside. <laughs> he,
1: and it's, it's interesting, like, the thought process that he assigns to this old woman. Right. So he says, like, you need to throw your weight around to assert your dominance in whatever <laughs> pathetic way is left to you. Second, your need to make a young person feel ill at ease because you resent her for being young. Um, and then also... Projection. He says something about... Yeah. He also <laughs> says something about um how she likely wanted to tell this young woman what to do because of the stereotype that asian mm-hmm. women are submissive and <laughs> deferential to their elders
0: yes it's not me thinking it it's you you thought all of that
3: <laughs> i just can't imagine ascribing all that to to a like to a situation like that
0: yeah in exchange that was like maybe five words <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah and then he wrote a, an essay
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: again like he goes through what he could have said to her but the young woman probably wouldn't have appreciated it and it would have like probably killed the old woman but like <laughs> most of the essay is like the witty comeback what like, he
0: would have said yeah
1: stuff he would have said to really put her in in her place Listen, lady, it's never too late to reform. Either resolve here and now to renounce this dickery for the rest <laughs> of your life, or go quietly to your goddamn ice flow.
0: Yeah. I mean, thank God you didn't say this in real life, but...
3: <laughs> I don't think you should talk to old women that way, or women in general. I mean, it seems like he should not be talking to women.
2: <laughs> no.
3: Yeah. Wild okay. Of what I know about him.
1: Is it time to go into the next essay? Is there yeah. anything else you want to say about this one? The next no. one's a real doozy. The
0: next one's probably the worst of the whole section.
1: This it- is the worst thing I've ever read. This is the l- worst thing I've ever read in my entire life. It is truly foul.
0: <laughs> so, it's cl- yeah, do you want to say the title? Because that... <laughs> Probably neither of us want not to say. Not particularly it. <laughs> no. Absolutely
1: not.
3: Freddy, you could text it to me. I'll, I'll read it.
0: <laughs> I don't want to do that too. All
1: right, let's share our <laughs> Let's share the screen so Alan can see that. Oh. I I, yeah, I think I have you'll to have give to do you it, permission Justin or give me permission.
0: All right, I'll say I'll say what the essay is called. Th- this is what Joseph Dobrian called this essay on the subject. He called it yes. Negroes African Americans and colored people. Okay, like, you know, you should <laughs> you shouldn't say those things. Uh it's not as bad as he could have been in the title, but you know, I'd rather not have just read that. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: going
3: to clip that one
0: for
3: sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime John calls me Ring-a-ding-ding
1: This is maybe like almost as bad As some of the stuff from Blodgett's book
0: Yeah Um, What we're about to go into I summed it up thusly An essay in which Joe racistly complains That the most most socially accepted word For black people Changes sometimes (laughs) Something that really shouldn't bother anyone Yeah You know It's none of your business No
3: Absolutely (laughs) not I mean you don't have to worry about it
0: yeah. Not my problem.
1: He goes out of his way uh, throughout this. He, he uses the term Negro, American Negro. Like, that is the term that he prefers. And he makes that very, very clear throughout.
0: Yeah. I don't like that. Which, you know, I suppose that was maybe the accepted term when he was five years old. But, like, even he is pretty yeah. young to be saying negro all the time like as as his word for yes black people like you know Just, i i had a, an old relative who w- was born in like you know the 30s for whom that was like the socially accepted term <laughs> but like joe is not yeah, that old yeah <laughs> that's like my my
3: grandparents type stuff uh you know they would be insensitive in those ways and um willing to say whatever uh, about <laughs> right, whatever right. race uh <laughs> you know they'll say it yeah yeah no problem hey it's right in front of the guy you know
1: yeah i wish we could return to that time of <laughs> political incorrectness
3: yeah well i mean dobraine actually thinks that that's the yeah. that's part is it's like he wants to go back to that
0: this essay in particular is about the words that aren't offensive to use it's it's about the words you use when you're not now, to be to fair be so distra- anyway sorry,
2: continue.
1: <laughs> yeah these are the words that you're not necessarily trying to be racist but you are right. definitely racist if you use these okay. words more um and yeah he, unintentional the, eh, but for him I it mean, is intentional thing, though, but you know that's many, kind of like
2: <laughs> the, yes the, yes the subject yes, yeah
1: exactly so People in his life, people he knows personally have told him that he should not be using this <laughs> word. And people who have read his writing, people in the public have told him, please do not do this. And this is the this is the hill he's willing to die on,
3: really. Yeah.
0: yeah. Here, and he's I'll-
3: like, Hell yeah, I'm gonna say it.
0: Yeah. So he uses it because God, where is it? Okay, yeah, yeah. I prefer the term Negro because it relates to the admittedly vague terms generally used by scientists to differentiate the three largest racial groups, Caucasoid, Mongoloid, and Negroid.
1: (laughs) I think he means
3: eugenicists. Right, so he is
0: a race scientist.
2: (laughs)
3: Caucasoid. I've never, I I mean, I've heard that word, but never in in, in relation to Mongoloid.
1: Yeah, which which is definitely an offensive oh, al- term.
0: As also, a well. word you shouldn't use. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are three kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was
3: the third?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caucasoid, Mongoloid, and I-, I mean, it feels awful to say this word. Like, I don't think it's like technically. <laughs> it's Negroid. Like God, ew, that's such. Okay. it's That's ugly yeah
1: uh, yeah
3: i feel like i've heard that but only in the context of like a real racist shit
0: yeah right it's oh 100 it's like,
1: yeah this is like just the like skull this. shape shit yeah he says uh for one thing african-american is now ridiculously overused to denote any negroid person regardless of nationality
0: he says um, that word so he says like many times Negro. Frequently, frequently. (laughs) So basically,
1: his issue is, and maybe this was when, whenever this was published in the late nineties or whatever, if African American was the preferred term versus black, he talks about how like Naomi Campbell is Jamaican and British, and she's referred to as African American. So he like gets hung up on these weird technical. Like, where are they actually from, though? Um, He also says, I once had a girlfriend who was a Negro, born in Trinidad, raised in England, but an American citizen who had purposely acquired an American accent. She called herself West Indian. So why are you calling her a Negro, you asshole? Like, what the fuck? All I said there was,
0: I don't believe you. That was my note for that one.
1: (laughs) I can see why she broke up with you. Jesus.
0: Yeah, how are you not married to if her? If she existed.
1: <laughs> so anyway, he gets really upset that there are different organizations with different names, like the yeah. NAACP um, or the Congressional Black Caucus. Like who? Who of like the of the negroid race gets to choose the preferred (laughs) term for the next 20 years yeah basically it's absolutely disgusting he says by my next by my estimate the next groundswell of negroes demanding to be called something new will occur around the year 2020 will there be an exploratory committee appointed a couple of years before that (laughs) and then he says I can imagine the buttons and bumper stickers that will be available for people to promote the new term and then he just like lists a bunch of like <laughs> creepy oh.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: even want to I don't even want to read these You comments. don't have
0: to <laughs> <laughs> The first one's not so bad. We've it's... got some
3: good clips already, you know, we can
1: yeah, one one example is, like, color me Ebonic, that right. kind of thing.
0: Right, so he comes up with these slogans, like, imagine if they wanted to be called this. They might come up with a catchy slogan like this. And it's like, dude, you are just a <laughs> white guy. Like, this, you don't need to worry about any yeah. of this. <laughs> this isn't your concern, man. Leave them alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get it. You can come up with a lot of things that you think they <laughs> should want to be called. He, and then he says, isn't, like... It,
3: like a bit where it's like, oh, yeah, no one would ever want to call you, you know, small <laughs> penis man. They'd never want to do that. They'd never want to say your penis is tiny. That'd be ridiculous. You know, like one of those types of
2: things. Yeah. That's
3: basically what he's doing. Yeah, yeah.
1: He, he, he says, like, this issue reminds him of small children who insist on being called by a different name every day. Like, what the fuck? Um,
0: I'm going to continue with that. At first, you humor them. Finally, you get sick of it and say, ah, grow up. This is how he thinks of black people, as small children who he tells to grow up. (laughs) What a prick. And
1: he's certainly not (laughs) going to respect the terms that they want to use to describe themselves. Absolutely not. He's decided what he's going to call them. Yeah. As, As a man who, like, says he loves language and, like you know, should understand that language evolves and preferred terms evolved and like truly the least amount of work you can do is refer to people the way that they have told you they want to be referred to. And it's not like no one has told him this is fucked up. He's yeah. like doubling down on how he should be able to do it. Yeah. He I also thought this was really revealing when he says non Negroid Americans who ape <laughs> yes. The mannerisms oh. and lifestyles of other races or ethnic groups are generally treated with amused toleration, with admiration if they do it artistically. What the fuck does he mean? Is like a white rappers? Show? What are you talking, talking about? <laughs> yeah.
3: He's talking about rap. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Vanilla Ice.
0: <laughs> yeah, deeply and, and respected. And like, I, I mean,
3: I think I think it would be interesting. I mean, not interesting at all. I'm curious what his takes <laughs> are on uh, you know, the trans situation, because I'm willing to bet that it's another one. Oh, I already know who you are. I'm already making that judgment. Yeah. Yep.
0: It's exactly the same. He (laughs)
1: also, um, thinks that people like Tiger Woods should refer to their racial mixture as Heinz 57 varieties. Like he's, I cannot tell you.
3: Shouldn't white people be doing that too by the same logic? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if the, um, to getting into that a little bit uh negro isn't a perfect term i'll grant virtually no american negro is pure negroid yeah pure that's a word you want to be using in this discussion
3: (laughs) well first off let's go back and the terms themselves are racist like even before we get to you know that it not being right and
0: Yeah, yeah yeah uh nearly all have caucasoid blood and many have a lot of it Many eagerly claim American Indian, (parentheses mongoloid blood. That's not what I thought that word meant, by the way. Whether they have it or not. uh, So do many white Americans and people like me who can't possibly get away with it because we're so white we're practically blue. Usually feeling a pang of regret. I think he's claiming he has Native American blood right there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think he said like he is so he knows that he's white and he feels bad that he is white like he wishes he could be another ethnic group but he, yeah. he wants to be able to say it. <laughs> after he says yep. this stuff about like oh my god Alan.
0: <laughs> I, that's probably what it boils down to
1: <laughs> honestly then he could say oh no we're called Negro actually mm. um, but he he says nearly all american negroes they're not pure negroids they they have caucasoid blood and many have a lot of it well why do you think that is joseph dobrian like <laughs> right. because of How'd fucking get slavery and <laughs> rape and like murder and it's just like why don't you acknowledge that like the least you can fucking do is use the term that they prefer
0: right
3: <laughs> you fucking a lot monster gotta yeah. unwrap there
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy essay like wow man
3: <laughs> I mean we did think Todd Blodgett was bad but returning to this it's like it's the same stuff but worse
0: yeah he is a worse guy I think yeah yeah,
3: yeah I would agree I mean I don't think Todd Blodgett is you know a good guy but like you know when you when you compare him, you know when you compare the turds
0: you know <laughs> yeah yeah. Should
1: we get into the next hate crime of an
2: yeah, essay? I think,
0: I think we've talked enough about uh, Joe's race science. Uh, now we can talk about his uh, <laughs> oh, yeah
2: exactly
0: exploration is. exploration exactly, of sexuality yeah. comes next.
1: Oh, you guys ready for some nuanced
0: takes? <laughs> God,
3: yeah. It literally on Wikipedia. Sorry, just had to do a little Wikipedia, <laughs> and uh, it says it's an obsolete racial classification.
2: Yeah, of it course.
3: Wikipedia. But yeah. Fight on Wikipedia.
1: Just like Joe's beloved pocket squares.
3: <laughs> Absolute. That's some Jesse thorn shit. We're done. We're past
0: that. <laughs> uh, the next one's called...
1: You're here, you're queer, whatever.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is an essay in which Joe briefly pretends he's not a homophobe before revealing his true feelings. <laughs>
1: Yeah, where he literally says, actually, I am a hobo- homophobe for yep. a particular k- type of gay person. Yeah, a gay yeah. person who does not behave exactly like <laughs> I do as a straight man.
0: Yeah. I i don't have a problem with homosexuality unless they act gay around me.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't have any problem with the homos unless they're sucking my dick. <laughs> uh, then we got a real problem. Well, I don't know why they all keep doing it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it happens, yeah. It won't stop happening.
0: Straight yeah. men of a certain age love the to classic
3: say that. Onion. Yeah, and like, like, oh, I'm totally fine with them as long as they don't try to hit on me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <Nope. laughs> There's a lot of interesting stuff about, like, in this essay, what the masculinity prison that Joe <laughs> is a long time inmate within.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Stella, is that a thing that ladies do? Is that a thing that ladies do, where they're like, "I'm not gay, but"?
0: No, I think um, women are all kind of gay. Representative thing, of right? all women.
3: <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like the opposite. Instead of it being like, "I'm not gay, but," and then like saying that I'm not gay, it's like, "I'm not gay, but I I would." <laughs> okay.
1: I I don't know, Alan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Because... I don't. I don't mean to.
1: <gasps> no, 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 that's okay. I haven't really thought about it.
0: I have noticed, I, like, women do seem to be a little more uh, comfortable with themselves than men, in in that regard, in general.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true. But you could say that's because, like, straight culture—the masculine
3: hole we were just talking about, or box, or whatever you would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the <laughs> whole <laughs> no like um i think that women's queerness has been something that like through the male gaze has been like women's queerness for the male gaze is more accepted in the mainstream yeah, um, yeah. or like women feet like female uh sexual experimentation whereas for men i think it's less like masculinity seems like a lot less inflexible mm-hmm. than female sexuality
0: yeah we're less threatened For by by women uh you know doing stuff with each other than.
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean yeah exactly
0: and there's also like a perversion to it like we like it <laughs>
3: yeah okay. like everybody I mean, that's a girl stuff but only half of them like only 50 percent. the ladies like the boy stuff
0: <laughs> i mean that's what you're getting at right and is the that, boys
3: think gross
0: with the male gaze like that that's what you're getting at though is like we like uh you know the the male gaze like, if, if, looks, like looks upon see, women, women are
1: like performing yeah. yes like if uh, women's sexuality is done for like the pleasure of a man, like it's fine. Yeah. Whereas, that's great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we love it. Um,
3: <laughs> it's right here.
1: <laughs> I think too, like, when women act more masculine and you might consider like if a woman has sex with another woman, like that's masculine behavior. I think women are allowed to kind of subvert gender boundaries more than men are like, yeah. yeah. So a man having sex with a man, like that's not perceived the same way. I think probably mostly by like men.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, guys are the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, like, loosen up. Loosen
3: up. Like, look at this dope brain guy.
0: Yeah, this goes to some interesting places. So he starts out talking about uh, the the sort of argument between is homosexuality something you're born with or is it a choice that you can make later on in terms of your lifestyle? And in typical libertarian fashion, he's sort of, like, ignoring the whole context around this debate because, you know, obviously... To him, well, he claims, to him, it wouldn't matter anyway. Like, even if it is a choice you're making, like, you should be allowed to make that choice, it's not a problem. Like, you should be able to do that. And, you know, I agree. Like, if homosexuality was a choice, it would be a perfectly acceptable choice. <laughs> but, of course, that's not really what's going on <laughs> when people discuss it. It's like, you know, the people who say it's a choice are saying it's a, a sin, and fuck you for doing that sin. That That's the context. But he pretends that's not the context. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he and he like, I think you really hit the nail on the head where he like divorces his he like focuses on these very tiny arguments like I should be able to say this. And like, (laughs) technically, if you follow this logical path, it is accurate. And (laughs) like, he doesn't understand why people get upset about what he's saying. (laughs) Divorcing this from all context about like the discrimination that until like, I mean, even today, it's bad. But until the last like couple decades that uh, has prevented and has led to like the murder <laughs> of many queer people. So
0: in terms of here. like the, the For, choice like, argument, what he says, let me just like say one yeah. thing here that I found to be like very interesting. But what if it were a choice? Because he accepts that it, it is clearly something that you're born with or whatever but he says but what if it were a choice Mm -hmm. what if the flames of homo and heterosexuality blazed equally high in each of us and we each chose to fuel one flame and let the other wane what would be so bad about that (laughs) I agree (laughs) that would be cool
1: Inside you, there are two flames. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I like to keep both fires healthily uh, ro- rolling.
2: <laughs> Roaring. A
0: that is flame. kind of by erasure yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> To extinguish a, a flame,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I think the most offensive part of his essay starts when he talks when he starts talking about like what is to him acceptable um, behavior by queer people? Yeah, and what is not. So he <laughs> says, like many homosexuals, for whatever reasons, remain chaste all their lives. Many other li- others live heterosexually, never revealing their true inclinations to anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, these aren't choices I w- would recommend. I would say that these people's reasons were their own. And I could consider it arrogant and impertinent in the extreme to suggest that they were wrong choices. But guess what he does suggest are wrong choices. <laughs> um
0: I I have been accused of
1: homophobia once or
2: twice. (laughs) Yeah, go
0: ahead. I I want to object real quick to his (laughs) assertion that the gay people who chose to remain chaste all their lives or, like, pretend they're not gay forever, I want to object to him saying, these people's reasons were their own. I mean, no. Like, they live in a deeply oppressive society. They didn't just decide, "Eh, I'm just going to suppress my urges forever until I die. (laughs) Like... (laughs) It's not like they just... <laughs> there's other factors. That's my choice. Yeah, there's other factors sort of influencing 100%. that choice. Yeah. We live
3: in a society.
0: <laughs> Indeed. We
3: do. <laughs> um,
1: I've been accused of homophobia once or twice because I've dared to suggest that engaging in homosexual acts as opposed to homosexual desires is a choice. I don't see how More that makes me twice. homophobic. More than twice.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, to that I asked, do you consider your lack of sexual activity a choice? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Can you, what, what did he say again? Can you read that again? I was busy making my joke that. <laughs>
1: about oh, he just basically says, um, I don't see how it makes me homophobic that I've said that engaging in the act like homosexual acts as opposed to having those desires is a choice. Like he's basically saying you control your actions, like you make your choices. So the choice to act on your homosexual desires, that is a choice. Yes. Ere now by your own logic, <laughs> you have been defeated in the battle. Right.
3: Make you not gay if you don't do stuff?
0: Well, yeah, you're still gay, like, cause you want to, I think, right? <laughs> But this this is something I heard growing up in the church many times, actually, is that it's sort of like the like the as things were becoming more as, uh, you know, homosexuality and, uh, you know, any orientation was becoming more socially acceptable in like the secular world. The church had to kind of adjust its language around the thing. So, like, uh, their little loophole is like, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay for them to to f- be like that inside, but it's still a sin to have sex with a man if you're a man. <laughs> it, like, it's not wrong to be yeah. gay, but it's wrong to do gay stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If the balls
3: don't, not gay.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what my minister always said.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what kind of church was They'd that? They go nuts, but... Are you a Catholic family? <laughs> uh... <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it was one of the bad ones. (laughs) Uh, um, Then he goes on to say...
0: According to some people, even the slightest reservations about homosexuality, homosexuals, and their behavior, even if those reservations are never expressed, are enough to qualify you as homophobic. So even the slightest homophobic reservations, that means you're homophobic. (laughs) How ridiculous is that?
3: (laughs) So
0: is that like him? Embracing that? Well, sort of. Uh,
1: well, he's basically saying he's like, that's too like everyone is a homophobe then. So stop accusing me of being a homophobe
3: <laughs> because
0: <laughs> here's everybody a, else is doing it. Here's something you've probably heard many times, but to use the definition so broadly debases the currency, so to speak, it cheapens homophobe in the same way that racist has been cheapened over decades to mean anyone shy of a black nationalist. So basically, you know, I've been called homophobic and racist many times. And rather than, like, analyze my own behavior and beliefs, I've decided that those words actually don't mean anything.
3: (laughs) He's got gay friends. He says actually (laughs) Actually, he doesn't.
1: (laughs) He says that's one of the reasons that people...
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like a black friend thing.
2: Yeah.
1: No, he's not even there. Um, He says... Almost nobody who disapproves of homosexuality is of the extremist stripe. The people who go about with God hates at the F word signs or who support criminalization or suppression of homosexuality are anomalies in modern civilized societies. Is it? That is societies that aren't based on group psychosis like some Middle Eastern countries. (laughs) Don't worry, he threw in some anti-Middle Eastern racism. Yeah, just last-minute
0: parenthetical racism.
1: (laughs) They ought to respect other people's choices, which is something that he likes when people do for his choice to eat very rare (laughs) bacteria-filled beef. Yeah. This brings me to the concept of gay pride. Oh, sorry, Alan, go ahead.
3: I was going to say the the country he was talking about in the Middle East was Israel.
0: That's exactly what (laughs) I was thinking.
3: (laughs) I thought... Continue.
0: Yeah, when I read this earlier, I thought about, hmm, should I make that joke? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be
1: a doozy of an episode.
3: (laughs) I didn't mean
2: it.
1: I feel like this episode is like Song of the South. Like It should go (laughs) into a vault and no one should ever hear (laughs) it. so we're at we've arrived at the concept of gay pride uh how do you think dobrian feels about it alan
3: i think that he is very uncomfortable by the sight of uh people being gay in front of him near him or that he has to think about them at all i think (laughs) that he doesn't like or at least like, he has to really tell you that he's really freaked out by that.
1: You're exactly right. There is an exception that he enjoys. And he does go to the <laughs> gay pride parade to see uh, women's tits. <laughs> because a lot fair. of women bear their breasts. Yeah. Okay, he's... Where? <laughs> what time?
0: <laughs> no, he's, I think he said fair.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no judgment.
0: This is how he phrases it i go to the gay pride parade to ogle the topless lesbians it goes back to that male gaze and uh you know women's queerness thing we were talking about yeah
3: they kind of topical yeah. there um, yeah
0: yeah yeah i had a note for that thing about ogling topless lesbians uh i said you should yeah. you should be forcibly removed from society
3: <laughs> amen <Right? laughs> I, you know, I've lived in Iowa City, and I, you know, I've been around when the gay pride has, his festivals have been around. Yeah. And frankly, I can say that I do not recall that many topless women. Um, you know, yeah. the, It's different the, the in New first. York, I think. Okay, so that—that's the context is New York.
2: Yeah, okay, I, I, I think we yeah. wrote this I was
3: while you're living I was sitting, there. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, not not that impressed. But, uh, <laughs>
1: one time I walked in pride with my dog Winnie and it was it wasn't too hot of a day it was pretty warm and so she did not display ally behavior because halfway through the parade she had to get into a truck and ride in the truck for the rest of the parade (laughs) (laughs) oh also she took a shit in the middle of the parade like yeah Um, So Dobrian says, why should gay pride be celebrated in any way? Why should anyone be particularly proud, or ashamed for that matter, of being homosexual? Why should one's sexual preferences be any more socially significant than one's tastes in food and drink? Well, because until very recently, Joseph Dobrian, um, (laughs) gay people were not allowed to basically acknowledge that they were gay and it took a lot of in the streets activism and people have been murdered for being gay and you think about like the inattention like the criminal inattention that so many people lost their lives during the aids epidemic and reagan never said aids once like in a speech i mean that's why joseph dobrian like because
0: (laughs) he's doing that no context thing again logic only
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I I don't understand that just that that mindset of like something that doesn't really affect you at all. Like, yep. what difference does it make? It doesn't affect me in any way. I, I I definitely am. You know, I'm sympathetic to that sort of opinion of like, why do I care? But it's like, mm-hmm. well, if you don't care, then shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah, don't write yeah, it. one. Like, this is a really big... long essay. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, like you wrote a whole thing about it. And like, so you obviously do care. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the big deal?
1: He goes on. He has a lot of really offensive stuff. He equates <laughs> um, gay pride to like, what if it was a festival for potato salad culture instead? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I, it's a really weird <laughs> analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He deals with a lot of different crazy stereotypes. He he says a lot of really creepy stereotypes. And then he says, um, at a time when so many gay people are demanding to be treated as just folks, particularly on issues such as same-sex marriage and, and adoption by gay couples, I wonder why so many gay people tend to hold up undesirable or bizarre behavior as particularly yeah. commendable. <laughs> um, he he like talks about how an HIV positive gay city councilman, like, why should we care about that? As if like a, a person who's HIV positive and queer, like being out um, about their HIV status and their queerness isn't radical. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, he he specifically like says that this whoever this candidate was, I forget the name, but uh, you know, basically like they're cele- He deserves a uh, greater prestige because his private habits are unsanitary and reckless. <laughs> 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 like, I mean, people didn't really know like how it was spread for a long time like a lot of people got hiv had no idea like where it was coming from yeah Yeah.
1: well people got it from sex and iv drug use but they also got it from blood transfusions you know like
3: also kind of presumptuous to assume that because someone is gay that they are uh you know in lots of relationships and are you know constantly fucking like all kinds of different partners and all that shit too yeah, yeah. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. I mean, I know he's <laughs> just yeah. but at the same time, yeah, you know, it, it's a little much. It's 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 2022, pal. Uh, there's gifts. <laughs> they're they're. Well, it was,
0: I think it was the 90s when he wrote this, but still, I mean, come on, settle down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's now. I'm. This is telling him now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, after paragraphs and paragraphs, he says some, has a few turns of phrases like. Hundreds of thousands of gay men were genetically hardwired to start talking like Richard Simmons as soon as they hit puberty. And they really want to talk that way. I mean, stuff like that. Like, the stupidest stereotypes ever. I mean, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. And finally, he says, now, am I homophobic myself? Yes, I am a little. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not proud of it. And I happily put my prejudice aside when I meet a homosexual who doesn't justify it
0: right yeah he he opened this essay like objecting to being labeled homophobic and now he's saying well yeah i am but (laughs) (laughs) only against the really gay ones like this this bigotry would hold up in a (laughs) law
1: oh i do like this one part so one of my one of my favorite parts of this essay so he's basically rattling off some of the um, behavior that he that makes him uncomfortable that he says does not reflect well on queer people as a um, group and one of those very interesting anecdotes is one time joseph dobrian was peeing in the men's room next to a rather fae co-worker who when i was done and starting out the door lisped at me wash your hands would a straight guy have said that?
3: <laughs> Nobody should have probably. Yeah, Joseph right.
1: Dobrian posting his L's
3: <laughs>
1: with his urine-soaked hands. Yeah. Like,
3: he yeah. thought that that would be a W, and yet to the rest of the world, yet again, another example of him being like,
1: "Yeah,
0: this fucking homo cool. told me to wash my hands after I peed. Do you believe this gay and man? Now I hate <laughs> all
2: gay people.
0: The gay people who tell me to wash my hands are just the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're so unclean. They're so depraved. He had a list
3: in the bathroom. He peed right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh, believe it?
1: Yeah, and this is, so this is the essay where he basically says the reason that and you know what he's talking about like the uh, objectionable behavior, he's talking about like gay men specifically. Mm-hmm. And he says that um, it's simply a, manner- a matter like men behave this way because they're weak, unmanly men <laughs> finding an outlet for their rage at their own ineffectuality. Um, a real man, if he can't help himself and needs to get rid of some rage, goes to a gym and finds a sparring partner or a heavy bag.
0: Mm-hmm. He talks about this like every, well, not every, but you know, like a lot of gay people are like just constantly berating him and like even like physically assaulting him. And it's like I don't think that's ever happened yeah. to me once, man. Like what? <laughs> like what's your problem? What? Like how are you dri- driving all <laughs> I've gay never men? Never been assaulted by a gay. Yeah, you're driving every gay person into a rage every time you're near them. Like maybe something is going on. Like maybe you're doing something bad. I don't know. They're too
3: attracted (laughs) to That's what he thinks.
1: Uh well, I, I mean, if he opens his mouth around them, I'm sure they know, like, how he feels. And, like, people pick up on vibes immediately. And,
4: mm-hmm. I mean,
1: it's interesting, too, that he says every Hispanic person he's ever met has, like, immediately clocked him and <laughs> uh, treated him rudely. It's yeah, like,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I bet th- they were all, like, people that he hired. <laughs>
1: Like, Joseph Dobrian, you are the common denominator in all of these equations. And stop saying that these are universal experiences when they are definitely you problems.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I wash my hands when I'm using a public bathroom. So, like,
3: (laughs) what what compels you to write this stuff down? Yeah. Why would you do that?
1: Simply say nothing. Take a big glass of STFU. <laughs>
2: drinky,
3: drinky, <and> drinky drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like have a, journal. like, I mean, I guess that's what a lot of this stuff is. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've consumed is is basically like I'm writing in my journal and everyone needs to know. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to point out that he, he worked at a call center and he had a gay coworker And according to Joe, this gay coworker had plainly taken a dislike to me because I was a hick from Iowa. And you sure? Are you sure that's why?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, sometimes you're not friends with your coworkers. Like, dude, it's fine. Like, you don't have to be friends with the guy.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The conclusion to this essay is. The gay community demands tolerance, and a fair demand it is. And plenty of gay people set a good example. It's the vocal minorities that perpetuate the stereotypes that keep homophobia alive. Uh, (laughs) So their oppression is their own fault.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They inspire hatred of themselves. They inspire hatred in other people towards themselves
0: this is one of the uglier essays in this section like yeah
1: this is disgusting
3: (laughs) i mean it's been pretty ugly so far i mean yeah yeah,
1: the hits just keep coming
0: um okay the next essay is called i'm all for free speech but and it's very boring so i think we should skip it
1: yeah Although he does say, as you were saying that, that there's not much interesting stuff. I just scrolled through it, and there's a sentence where he says, I see nothing wrong with having sex with children.
2: Oh. <laughs> Oof. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. We should get... But we he's, should, like, uh, he's like... He's <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> we should he's probably like give quoting, the context there He's yeah.
1: like making... Uh, Yeah, he's making a comparison to something else. So, um,
0: (laughs) okay, he's saying, like, if
1: someone says, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he says, I oppose, if someone said, I oppose freedom of speech, to say that in the minds of many who do, in fact, oppose free speech would be as dangerous as saying, I see nothing wrong with having sex with children.
3: I was going to say, he's really living up to the libertarian roots, but (laughs) have have a little bit of credit. Maybe, you know, a little bit.
1: (laughs) He definitely knows the age of consent. Oh, 100%.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, you know, just real quick. I don't think that saying I oppose free speech is as dangerous of a statement as I see nothing wrong with having sex with children. And I don't think that's very controversial. Well, you know, my position on that. I think one of those is significantly worse to say. Okay, so this next essay, which I think, yeah, this is the last one we'll talk about tonight because the final essay of the oh,
2: thank God. of the
0: section is called Working Dirty <laughs> and it's not about the Norm MacDonald movie Dirty Work. So it's actually you know not really worth talking about. <laughs> In- instead, we're going to end with The New Victorians which is an essay, I'm spoiling a little bit here, but this is an essay in which Joe argues, it's fine to peep on your neighbors. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, like drill a hole in the wall and
0: peep? Uh, well, that's no, not what happens here. it's more like, but... if,
1: they're sunbathing, if they're sunbathing nude, they're an attractive nuisance, and it's okay if you not only look at them, but you get out your trusty binoculars so you can get a really good... Yeah. Peak.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I can't can't say agree. <laughs> Let's see that in paper.
0: <laughs> this starts with um, the context here is that advice columnist Ann Landers received a letter from a woman who complained that a a young boy <laughs> in her neighborhood was spying on her sunbathing nude in her backyard with binoculars and. Ann Landers thought that it was bad that the kid was doing that and uh, another person wrote in to say, yeah, that kid I don't know, maybe he should seek counseling because that kind of like voyeurism can often be like it can a pre- escalate precursor to other things, yeah. you know, you're, you're violating certain boundaries in a way, so like this could be, you know a bad situation <laughs> I mean, it is a bad situation, but it could be more serious than it even appears at Worst. first, yeah
1: and Joseph Dobrian says, "Would if you were handing out free ice cream, would I need counseling for eating some of it?" <laughs> um, and then he goes on to wax rhapsodic about all the times he's ever been naked. <laughs> he like talks about how much he loves like skinny dipping. He has this interesting thing where he says. If any boy in my high school gym class had covered up with a towel in the locker room, he'd have been called every kind of sissy in the book. Yeah. So he basically says nudity is good. Being a little bit horny when other people are nude is natural. Like. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I know we've been recording for a long time, but I want to make sure we talk a little bit specifically about this stuff. You brought up the ice cream thing. If someone's handing out free ice cream, do I need counseling because I accept it? Now, I think a more proper analogy to the woman sunbathing thing would be-
1: Oh, you don't think a woman's body is ice cream?
0: I I don't. I don't. But I think a better better analogy here between the ice cream and the nudity is if someone is eating ice cream in their own backyard, do you then have a right to hop the fence and lick their ice cream? (laughs) And you don't. It's their ice cream.
1: No, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and and he's he's saying like, what should the what would this counselor even tell this kid? Like, what's he doing wrong? That there are more politically correct ways for him to get a boner.
1: <laughs> that's what counselors do, though. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy.
0: <laughs> Anyone who tells me cognitive that I'm not boner
1: therapy, not
0: allowed to peep on the women in my neighborhood. That's just PC bullshit to me.
1: <laughs> I think Alan, we've given him a migraine.
2: <laughs>
0: he's not enjoying he this.
3: Would compel you to write about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Like, like he's really upset about all this stuff and he has to get it out and yeah. it's all yeah. of the same tired, like old man uh, shakes his fist at the sun because, you know, r- r- because he's old and got to yell at it. Because, hey, have you guys heard that it's not like it used to be?
1: <laughs> with a heavy mix, like with a heavy dose of, and boys will be boys thrown in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, it's very much the patriarchal, like, insanity.
0: Yeah. I can't let this go unspoken either. He says the sunbathing woman is in effect walking around with a sign saying "I hate N words." He writes out the N word in full here. That's like a uh, Die Hard, right? The Bruce Willis yeah. wearing that, that poster board. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Die the hard sign three. from yeah the sign from Die Hard Three. <laughs> the sunbathing woman is walking around <laughs> with the sign from Die Hard Three, and then complaining when someone punches her in the nose. Um. No, I don't think that that is uh, I mean, actually I think- <laughs> the same thing. <laughs>
3: i think in no. his mind this woman is like out and about like she's like, asking
1: for it she's inviting it yeah <laughs> she, or like she's like, in like, a public space like,
3: yeah he's like in a public mm. space like hey everybody check this out yeah and he's like you know <laughs> across the way with his binocs. like
2: hey, that's the
1: thing like I, I the binoculars add an element
2: to yeah. it yeah. like i
1: was thinking about it and i'm like yeah, you know, if you are nude in your yard, if someone can see you and they look like maybe the onus is on you to not be naked where like a child can see you. Sure. But the binoculars add an element of you know Yeah, I
0: mean I mean <laughs> Yeah, like like he is a kid. So I mean, there's some you know, you can understand a little bit a kid like doing something wrong, but it is like you have yeah. to say like no you shouldn't be doing this <laughs> you know yeah
1: maybe she should not maybe she should put on a bikini yeah.
3: you, you know something. maybe maybe we don't need to litigate the story but at the same time <laughs> I think it might be helpful <laughs> to understand the situation
2: because
3: yeah. like I I I get it, of like, you know, you're a kid who got Vinox, you're going to look. Oh, <laughs> why wouldn't you?
1: Maybe he was a burden.
3: Yeah, if you're a grown-ass person and you find the child doing that and you right. look out and, you, and then you take a look-see through and you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, you, know, you probably tell the kid, eh, probably don't do that. And then you probably yeah. go to that lady and go, hey, just so you know, ugh, you might want well yeah. to. get that. That out, I can see that
0: we have a perfect like view of if it your yard. After that, <laughs> you know, there might be a
1: thing.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: there are kids in this neighborhood. Like, we would appreciate if maybe you covered yeah. up. Yeah, you're. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you should get that mole checked out.
3: <laughs> yes, I have been viewing you at twenty times <laughs> magnification, and <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it's time to go to the dermatologist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, Stella alluded to this, he he recalls something from when he was a teenager when he went to, like, the beach with three or four high school girls and they were all nude. And, and I was like, yeah, I bet you think about that a lot, man.
3: <laughs> when would a woman ever be naked around him is, a, is what I want to know. Uh,
0: yeah, this time 35 years ago. Uh, that may have been... I mean that probably hasn't happened many times since.
3: It's beyond belief to me. I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm calling BS on that shit.
1: Well, it's interesting because he's like, it was not like a sexual situation, even though I was extremely horny. So, like these these girls thought of him as so like benign and impotent that they were like, "Let's go swimming." Oh, we didn't bring our suits. Come on, Jodo. Like,
3: yeah, and there's like three of them. Three you or you know, it's four. hard enough with one, but.
0: That, yeah, I mean, so we're
1: talking what? six boobs.
0: That's actually the least believable part of this, is that he says three uh-huh. or four high school girls. No, no, no. If this really happened, you remember exactly who was there yeah. Yeah. and how many of them. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. He'd have been down.
3: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. He's a prolific documentarian. I
1: did like the part where he says, like, so as we're romping, nude as a jaybird, all together, frolicking, there's a you know note of horniness in the air. They notice that someone is watching them, and they're <laughs> like, "Ha ha ha! Don't they know that they could join us and get a much closer look at, at our lithe naked bodies?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't have I, to
1: spy on us. Like, what is this world that he has created? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. They refer to him as this guy. It's, it's very nonspecific, but I have to imagine it was an adult spying on, you know, underage kids. Yeah, nudity. it was definitely <laughs> his well,
1: demon friend
3: <laughs> who emerged
1: yeah, from well, his lair.
0: <laughs> writing
3: about women like that is not like how any woman I've ever met is like.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, someone's <laughs> peeping on us from the bushes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I wish he was closer I like to that. us. <laughs> Come on over.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. That's a, that's a real thing that women I know definitely would think yeah. when yeah. they are naked.
0: Well, part of the point of the essay <laughs> is that this is the way things used to be. So I think it's because we're so much younger than yeah. him mm-hmm. that none of the women we know were like this. <laughs> Women yeah. these days. They our alike.
1: moms though, our moms though, this is exactly what well. they like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Stella, you also already mentioned the locker room thing, but I do want to read this full paragraph.
2: Yeah. Yes, please do.
0: These days in the men's locker room at my health club, I observe that few men walk to and from the showers without towels draped around their waists. I have even seen guys go into a shower stall with their shorts on, close the curtain, reach an arm out to hang their shorts on a nearby hook, take their shower, reach out for a towel, towel off behind <laughs> the curtain, reach back out for the undershorts, and only then emerge from the stall. <laughs>
1: Do you know why everyone in your locker room wears as much clothes clothing as possible? It's because you watch them like a hawk. Yeah. as they shower,
2: he watches the by whole step. process.
3: <laughs> Let me just—he's r- out there hanging
1: at- hog. Yeah, yeah. He's he's furiously taking notes the entire time. Meanwhile, his full About hog all these is naked <laughs>
0: I didn't even. Shower. I didn't even touch a towel when I went into the locker
3: room. <laughs> I was naked, and I and was I looking it. at, it.
0: and I air dried, <laughs> and I <was laughs> yeah. the I stayed out. there for hours until I was fully dry, <laughs> and I watched every man who came in, and I observed their yeah. behavior going in and out of the showers. You're I are telling them me.
3: There- <laughs>
1: You're telling me I can't bring my binoculars to the men's locker room in any, anymore and eat my ice cream? Uh, like, what the fuck?
3: I watched them. I observed them.
1: They call me the watcher, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I know you don't want to spend too much time on working dirty, but I just wanted to note one sentence that has really, really, really not aged <laughs> it's well. It's
0: probably the same one um, I thought of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So... Basically, Alan, the premise of this essay is that, like, it's not a positive thing for comics to, like, avoid blue material. Like, he takes issue with people saying, like, oh, they were, they're such a clean comic. Like, that's right. a cool, like, that's notable and praiseworthy. Um, he says that a lot of comics are good at, like, sort of body humor. But then he says, some comedians, bill cosby for instance (laughs) simply don't seem to find sex an interesting topic on which to build their jokes
0: (laughs) oh Oh.
3: that one is really something
0: (laughs) he certainly found sex interesting uh in other ways
3: (laughs) yeah yeah i am not i'm kind of thankful that he's that bill cosby is not a dirty comic
0: yeah yeah no kidding this I guess this will be a good way for us to end the episode. I do have another video clip where oh. they where they discuss okay. uh, the new Victorians, which was the nudity essay.
1: I just want to say one thing about how he talks about how the sitcom all in the family used to um, imply that people were shitting by having like a toilet flushing sound effect and i yeah. thought that would be cute if you added one here
0: oh yeah okay <laughs> now let's play the clip okay yeah yeah all right so here's an- another clip from uh, yale Cohn's interview of joe regarding this book
4: one of my favorite essays in here. It was called the New Victorians, and how, in in perhaps more innocuous, how we eat, whom to whom we sleep, with that kind of stuff. There's not just people who have elected to take a perhaps healthier path on their own, but seem to go out of their way and and, and glean great satisfaction from making sure that anyone who doesn't live that way is, is perennially, you know, admonished and chastised. Oh, we have coordination of finger waggers. What just is going on? Where, 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 what's informed? that and and, and how do these people feel that that's helpful necessary or just i don't think that they believe it's helpful or
5: necessary or just i think that it comes out of a desire to bully and harass other people let's face it we are not nice human beings are not as a rule nice a lot of us like to make life tough for other people we like to bully we like to harass we like to get in somebody's face just for the pleasure of doing it (laughs)
0: <laughs> and so this this was uh, oh my god. in relation to the article about the young boy peeping on a nude woman in his neighborhood. <laughs> Some people just want to get up in your business about your behavior. My god.
3: <laughs> my favorite essay. That's what I got from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. What is. What is Yale Cohn's accent? He sounds so pompous when he says like "New Victorian.
0: Like. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the it's smart the TV accent. Yeah, <laughs> the how to sound yeah, this smart is a
1: masterpiece theater.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> he really gives Dobrein a lot of credit that yes. I find that is giving Mr. Dobrein here exactly what he wants which is amazing to see that he he has exactly what he wants on those clips. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like yeah, I'm on a TV show. And and yet he he still looks unhappy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a miserable bastard.
0: Yeah. Uh, we will uh in the future in the series see more clips from that interview with Yale Cone. So look forward to that. Next time on Dobrain Book Club, we will be discussing the section of this book <laughs> called Growing Up. So hopefully a lot more stories about uh, Joseph's childhood. Those are my favorite.
3: I am very sorry uh, for <laughs> the next person who participates.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to
3: tap out. This has oh, been no. too much for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh man that would be horrible. Stella, you're going
3: to be a brain expert.
0: <laughs> that would be horrible if I did these like alone. <laughs> Can you imagine how deranged <laughs> that would be? <laughs> this
3: is a professor of Doe brain studies.
0: <laughs> well, Alan thanks for jumping on here with us to uh hear about some of the, the Yeah, crazy no problem. Sorry shit. I
3: was late, everyone. Uh not Justin. Uh Stella, I apologize. <laughs>
0: I apologize if my <laughs> lateness offends you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> I was doing what I what I was supposed to be doing and it's wrong that you were like that.
1: Stop inciting these feelings of hatred in me against you.
3: <laughs> yeah. This is your act.
0: Yeah. All right, everyone enjoy the Madonna that I put at the end of this episode.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs>
0: Nice.